Welcome to Fantasy Football Today Dynasty. I am your host, Heath Cummings. And let me tell you, I am always excited about the guests that we have on, whether it's a, a fellow CBS employee, whether it's somebody from around the industry. I think it's one of my favorite things about this show is I get to talk to somebody different every week. But I've never been as excited to talk to somebody as I am today. Chris Towers, thank you very much. You knocked off Jamie Eisenberg last night in our YOLO Dynasty League. You clinched the one seed. This is a 14-team league. We only get one buy. I got the buy. It's because of you and Raheem Mostert and Derrick Henry. Thank you for not selling your team for parts. I'm glad you're still competing. Yeah, you're welcome. And and this is like congratulations on making the the number one seed with, you know, the tenth most points in the league. Fourth. Sorry, sorry. Tenth from the bottom. I was trying to do the, the, the most. from the bottom? Tenth from the bottom. Uh, <laughs> trying to make it sound as worse as possible. 220 points behind the leader. Like 130 points behind me. But it's fine. Congratulations on your one seed. Yeah, this is. I do have several leagues that are best ball and are just total points. Uh, this is not one of those leagues. This is a league where we play head-to-head, -head and the seating is determined by your record. I did want to take a little bit of time at the top of the show today, and we, we've got a lot of fun things to talk about. We are going to break down my updated top 12 at quarterback, a position we maybe don't talk about enough. We're going to talk about which quarterbacks we actually feel like you can definitely trust in the playoffs we're going to talk about which quarterbacks have secured a job for the next year, which may be a more difficult question than it has been in past years. Uh, we will go over the deep waiver wire, and at the very end of the show, if we can get through everything else quick enough, we will be answering your playoff questions. So have those ready. Don't put them all in the chat now because I'm not going to see them later. But Chris, I did want to talk about our. this is the league that we talk about more than any other. Uh, the YOLO Dynasty League. Chris is in the league. Dave and Jamie are in the league. Uh, Dan Schneier's in the league. It's It's been going on for eight years, seven or eight years. Chris has already won the league twice. And I thought looking at our two teams in the playoffs, I'm the one seed, you're the three seed. Um, vastly different approaches. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's let's start with yours. There was some question at the beginning of the year. Is Chris going to tear it down or is he going to push one more year? He pushed one more year and he's been rewarded. Tell us about your roster, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I've got it, it sounds like a, a roster that has won a couple championships and is kind of on its last legs. But CJ Stroud at quarterback, he stepped up with uh, Kirk Cousins going down. Austin Eckler, Derek Henry as my running backs, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyler Lockett at wide receiver, Isaiah Likely, Deontay Foreman, Raheem Mostert in my flexes right now. Uh, let's see. Calais Campbell, Christian Wilkins, Frankie, we don't need to go into the IDP. Yeah. I don't think anybody cares about those you, you guys. Have, but yeah. A good but, defense. I think upper, upper upper half of the league defense. You know, that's one thing. This is like my only IDP league, and it's the only one I've ever played in. And I've realized having good IDP players, valuable in IDP. People it, forget. It, I, I cannot tell you guys, if you play in a Dynasty IDP league, the effort I went to to trade Bobby Okereke for a third-round pick two years <laughs> ago, and I couldn't get anybody who even wanted to give up mm -hmm. that. I was lectured about how defensive scoring is not actually predictable and their past production or their projections aren't worth anything. I, I could you know not what agree I say? more. 
Yeah. You know what I say? Tell that to Deron Bland and the several weeks that he has won for me in this league this year. And so Chris told you his his very old roster. It is interesting, Chris, that you have C.J. Stroud and you do not have a backup quarterback on your roster. Well, Dave, Kirk Cousins. You? Right. But you don't so have no, somebody no to actual start backup. this. Yeah, You're no. playing this week. Yes. You are going to need a quarterback. Dave's yes, been hoarding backup quarterbacks, just rotating through Jake Browning's and Tommy DeVito's and Joe Flacco's. And I don't know who he has right now, but hopefully left one of those guys for you. This is the team for me that that I've rebuilt over the last two years, a complete mm-hmm. and total tank job in both 2021 and 2022. I have Patrick Mahomes. My running backs are Brees Hall and Javante Williams. My wide receivers are Devontae Smith, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jordan Addison. I've got David Njoku at tight end. I'm going to have one heck of a decision as far as who starts in my second flex as I choose between Jarek McKinnon, Rico Dowdle, <laughs> Zamir White, maybe without Josh Jacobs. Um, but the key for me, because like, I read those offensive players and they're very exciting, but it doesn't sound like a contender. It sounds like a team that's probably still a year away, but moving in the right direction. I have two of the top four, I believe, linebackers in Foyer Luakon and Zaire Franklin. I have Micah Parsons. I have Jesse Bates, who's just been spectacular this year. Trey Hendrickson and Aiden Hutchinson. And Hutchinson and Micah Parsons specifically were guys that I spent late second or early third round picks on in our rookie drafts. I I cannot emphasize enough what Chris said. In an IDP league, defensive players scoring actually counts. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) especially like we've got seven IDP leagues. Like I've seen some where they do like two or three IDP spots. And like in that, I think you can pretty much just punt it because – there are going to be enough guys who can get you eight to 10 points most weeks that it's like, even in this league, the waiver wire is not barren with IDP contributors, but this is a a deep ish roster, both in terms of normal fantasy players. Cause we've got the extra flex spot and three wide receivers and seven IDP spots. And so like having a good IDP group actually does matter. And it's, it's, kind of bit like just paying a little bit of attention to that has actually made a a pretty significant difference in this league. And like, I think I, you know, we have a rookie draft, but it's actually a free agent draft and you can, you can draft veterans in the rookie draft. And I'll usually just draft like an underrated defensive player with my fourth round pick because you do reach a point where it's like the chances of any given rookie in that range actually contribute anything are a lot lower and it might be better. I think I took like Christian Wilkins in the fourth or fifth round of, of our free agent slash rookie draft last year. And he's been a nice starter for me at the DL spot. So when you look at your team with specifically Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Devonte Adams, Tyler Lockett, Raheem Mostert, are you thinking I'm going to try to tear this down at the 2024 rookie draft or I'm just going to see how next year goes too, and maybe I'll sneak into the playoffs and just keep going. I think it's. Pr- I think I probably have to tear it down at some point because you're. We're we're pretty much at the you. If we're not at the end with Eckler and Henry and and Lockett, I think we're probably at the end with Lockett. Like we're very very close to the right. end with those guys. So I, I do think 2024 is going to be the the year where I finally have to take my medicine. Which now you asked me. I'm how, not how, looking forward to. That is not a like <laughs> you. You I tanked it. for multiple years, 
And I find the idea of that excruciating. The idea of having to put in work for no immediate reward is not <laughs> something that my brain is wired for. So I'm really not looking forward to that. So if any of one in our league wants to prop up my team for one year, hit me up. I'll make some bad trades. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, it's you've got to know yourself as a dynasty know, manager. And know I, thyself. I enjoy the rebuild almost as much as contending. But you asked me how I was feeling about my team going into the playoffs. I think that was a subtle uh, jab that because I'm the fourth highest scoring team, you don't think I'm actually a contender. Tenth from the bottom, fourth highest. Here's here's what I'll tell you is is that the, the buy changes everything. Because mm-hmm. in this league, we've got seven teams that aren't that far apart. On a week-to-week basis, I don't know who's going to be better out of who. I've got to win two coin flips as opposed to three. Mm-hmm. And so I feel fantastic about that. And then there's so much less pressure in the playoffs. I've got a couple of teams that look like yours. Um, I've got an, an Eckler Cup, Devontae Adams, like all the way in. And traded my first four picks next year, too. That's a nerve-wracking experience. In the mm-hmm. fantasy playoffs, because you know what's coming. Yeah. If I get if I get bounced in the semifinals, I've got Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Devontae Smith and Drake London and like I'm ex- and I still have my first round pick next year. So I feel fantastic about this team. I am in a spectacular mood almost entirely because of this team. But, but see, I I will also point out that like having a buy is objectively good, and I understand this. My, I am I am a smart, rational person who understands <laughs> that if you get the opportunity to get a buy, you should take it. I am not a Los Angeles Dodgers or Atlanta Braves right. fan where I'm going to complain, oh, my team had to rest. I will say, I hate not having something to play for this week. Like, if my only league was one where I had a buy this week, that would be excruciating. I would hate just sitting there and not having anything. To, to And, like, that's dumb. I know that. I know that having the buy, I'm in a couple leagues where I have a buy this week. I know that having the buy is a good thing. And yet I'm still like, oh, I kind of wish I was playing this week. I, I had the most first or worst season of my career, I believe. I have 23 teams that have a traditional playoff structure. Mm-hmm. I have five teams playing this week. Wow. I earned nine buys. And I missed the playoffs <laughs> in nine leagues, and I only have five teams playing. Now, some of them are kind of important, so I like I've got something to do. But I, I do have also three questions for you, Chris. Sure. We're talking about quarterback today. In fact, we're going to talk a lot about Brock Purdy right now. How many quarterbacks? And I don't know if you've been looking at my quarterback dynasty mm-hmm. rankings or if you're going to look at it when we start that process. But how many quarterbacks are you sure should be ranked higher than Brock Purdy? First off, let's start rest of season. How many quarterbacks are you sure rest of season you'd rather have than Brock Purdy? Rest of season, I would rather have Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Justin Fields. I think that's probably it. You could maybe like Matthew Stafford's got an awesome upcoming schedule. You could maybe make an argument that he'll be better than Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Tua Vailoa, kind of similar, but worse schedule. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think you'd probably rather have Brock Purdy rest of season, right? So I, I've got it, and I've got the rankings here. I just sorted them, if you're looking at them, by my rest of season rankings. So I do still have Mahomes over Purdy, but that's mostly just because I'm super, super uh, stubborn in that regard, and I just keep thinking that 
Mahomes is going to figure it out. They they've not obviously yet, but I, yeah, you said those five. I think those were right. I'd put Purdy behind one more to Mahomes. I'd have Purdy at QB seven, mm-hmm. and it leads into our next question because he's a twenty four year old quarterback who's a year and a half into his career, and for the fantasy playoffs, we view him as QB seven. How many quarterbacks are you sure should be ahead of Brock Purdy in Dynasty? So, like, that's one where I had Justin Fields rest of season. I don't know if I'd rather have Justin Fields rest or rest of career for Dynasty because I think whether, like, Brock Purdy is definitely the 49ers starter next year. Yep. I'm leaning towards Justin Fields is probably the Bears starter next year. And if he's not the Bears starter, he's probably someone's starter. 2025? I think Brock Purdy's chances of starting in 2025 are probably twice as high as Justin Fields. So I think you can make a very good case that Purdy is top five in Dynasty right now, but I'm not going to do it. I would still take Hurts, Allen, Mahomes, Jackson... Probably Stroud, I think Herbert. Kyler's an interesting one. I think Burrow and Tagovailoa are in that discussion. Even Dak, like with the way this offense looks right now, he's probably still got five or six really good years left. So I I would say in the eight to eleven range. This is the first week, and I'll I'll give one of my top twelve right now. The first week of his career where I updated it, and Brock Purdy did rank inside of my top 12 dynasty quarterbacks. He's QB8 right now. The guy that I, I tweeted about it this morning, and I just – this is not a question, but it's a it's a request. Make the case for Trevor Lawrence over Brock Purdy and don't talk about draft capital or college. There's not one, is there? No, <laughs> I mean – Brock it, Purdy's it, just clearly – It would be a talent case. Yeah. And – I don't know, like, I don't know that you can make that case based on talent. Like, I'm sure someone could do a a reception perception breakdown of both of them and and show that Trevor Lawrence is 12 percent better at throwing digs and but like, yeah. I don't care. Like, <laughs> it's just like yeah. it, because we've been propping Trevor Lawrence up as a fantasy asset for three years now, right? This is his third season. Based on, he was the number one quarterback in high school. He was the number one pick throughout his college career. He was really good in college. But, you know, he wasn't historically productive in college. He was a very good college quarterback, but he wasn't putting up Joe Burrow numbers, you know, in his time there. So, yeah, I think at some point you've got you've to just take guys for what they are. And, right. And we don't have situations any really good. We have no reason to like everybody just said it's just the system. We have no reason to believe Brock Purdy is going to be in a distant, different system anytime soon. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence is not getting into that system because Brock Purdy's already there. So I, I just don't know that I really care and, that much. And Lawrence got the injection of talent that right. we were hoping for in, in Calvin Ridley. And that didn't work out. You know, Lawrence stalled out, if anything. You know, he certainly didn't take the step forward many, many were hoping for. And so. I think the concern you have with Purdy is Brandon Ayuk is probably not there long term. You know, it, it seems 
possible, if not likely, that he's gone after this season because they're going to have to make some hard decisions. But And that would leave him still with Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle, which is still going to put him in the top five in terms of weapons. It's just those guys are a little older or right. they're a little more injury prone than Brandon Ayuk. So uh, you could see a point where like uh, attrition really wears down the 49ers offense. And we've seen that a couple times in the last five years in the Shanahan offense in this era where injuries have really hurt the 49ers and, and right. you know, Purdy in a less than ideal situation. I don't know how much I want for fantasy, but that that seems silly to hold against him too much because it's speculative. Right. You know, they don't have to let go of Brandon Ayuk. They could just keep him around. Our third question is not about Brock Purdy. It's about one of my other favorite subjects. How do, how do you feel about the Dolphins right now? A, a, <laughs> a bad, bad loss to the Titans last night. Tyreek's got some sort of ankle issue. Tua was not good. Um, Devon Achan wasn't near as good as Raheem Mostert. And now the Dolphins are heading into the, 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 the stretch that we've been warning you about for two months. They face the Jets this week. And in fairness, at the Jets a month ago, Tyreek was good. Waddle was good. Mostert was good. Achan wasn't there. Tua was bad. Then they face the Cowboys. Then they are at Baltimore in week 17. Are these league-winning players who have been regular season league winners going to be playoff league winners? I think the biggest question is Tyreek Hill's injury because I saw some you know Twitter docs speculating that it could have been a high ankle mechanism is the, the phrasing that we use. And look, the fact that he played through it is great. Well, I don't know if it's actually great. It was mostly a decoy, yeah. But it's also ankle injuries tend to get worse when you sleep on them and what, you know, after a couple days, like we've seen guys play through ankle injuries and then miss time. So right. it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if Tyree kill was out in week 15. And what we've seen from this offense is man, when Tyree kill goes down, it looks a lot different. Um, but like we've seen the dolphins offense be very good against the jets. We saw them, I think put up 38 points against the jet, the Ravens last, uh, last December, I think, um, so I, I'm not panicking about it, but yeah, I think it's a downgrade across the board for, for your main dolphins. And I think mostly how I feel about Tungavailoa comes down to Terry kills health. You know, if he's limited in week 15, I'm not sure to belongs in the top 12 at nope. QB against the jets. So like that, that's a big concern. Yes, I, I agree. I've got a couple of playoff teams that I've got to, and I'm, I'm at least going to look at the waiver wire and see what's out there. If I could if I could find a Matthew Stafford, I think I'd probably be starting him over to unless yes. we think Tyreek's going to be a full go and even still it might be a question. Now the problem is there aren't a lot of quarterbacks out there on right. waivers. Like the, I don't know if it's normally like this. I can't remember, but No. Joe Flacco is the only quarterback inside my top 20 who's rostered in fewer than 60% of CBS leagues right now for yeah. for week 15. It's really bad. It's it, it, and it's just a product of half of them got hurt. Yeah, and so I think everybody is a little bit paranoid, and a lot of people, a lot more people, are carrying to the normal. So yes, mm-hmm. it, the waiver wire is pretty awful. You're probably still starting Tyreek, but I, I mean, I, I 
we said it for months. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people who finish with a one or a two seed are, are in a lot of trouble. Hopefully, if you have Tyreek, you are into the bye, and you can you're just hoping that he rests this week and is ready for your important game in week 16. Let's take a short break and then we'll get into the quarterback position in Dynasty. Okay, Chris. So I thought we'd start this out and we ranked the top 12 running backs last week. And we'll just rank the top 12 quarterbacks. I will go through my current dynasty rankings. I, I think we'll kind of do this on a tier-based system. There are the the top four. I don't feel like there's probably a lot of argument there, maybe over order. Um, this is the first time I've not had Mahomes one or two in as long as I can remember. But Jalen Hurts is my QB one. Josh Allen is my QB two. Patrick Mahomes is my QB three. And I still have CJ Stroud as QB four. Are we on the same page there? I think that seems right. I I I would probably put Stroud and Lamar Jackson in the same tier. And, and yeah. it might just be that Lamar Jackson belongs in that higher tier. But yeah, I think that's right. Because... Look, there's been a lot of consternation about Patrick Mahomes, and there's been a lot of like, oh, the, the Chiefs are paying for letting Tyreek Hill go. And it's like, it's worth remembering they won a Super Bowl right. literally this year. So like this, like, oh, it was such a mistake to let Tyreek Hill go. And it's like, you're trying to win Super Bowls. And they did that. So like, I, I think it's worth keeping that in mind. But I, I, I have to assume this is the bottom yeah. for Patrick Mahomes and the the quality of his receiving core and, you know, depending on which stat service you cite, his wide receivers have the highest drop rate uh, of the last decade, I believe was the stat I saw yes. uh, from Bill Barnwell on ESPN yesterday. So it famous last words, it probably can't get worse for Patrick Holmes. So I, I don't want to overreact to this season, um, but you know, the fact that Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts have been so much better than him and have mostly lived up to what they did last year while Patrick Holmes has. And I think it's fine to, to get, put those guys ahead of him. And I think it's it's good to put Mahomes struggles. And I am the Patrick Mahomes defender, of course, because I'm a homer. But it's it's good to put them in context. This mm -hmm. this floor that we're seeing from Patrick Mahomes so far for this season is QB eight. Yeah. One tenth of a point behind Lamar Jackson for the year. Um, like he's been clearly outplayed by Allen and Hurts, and I think they should be the clear top two. But anything else in terms of reaction, I just don't have the energy for. So I agree with you about Lamar Jackson. We'll just put him there at number five. That's easy. And then it gets incredibly yeah, messy. It's wide open. Um, so I, I'm gonna go, I'll give you my next three. Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, Brock Purdy. I agree with what you said about Fields. I think he's done enough this year that even if the Bears decide, you know what, we're gonna take Caleb Williams, Justin Fields is going to be starting somewhere next mm -hmm. year. I and I think he's good enough that he's probably gonna be starting somewhere longer than next year. Um, so I I still I think he still has a chance to break into that top three or four quarterbacks at one point once we get a good idea of where he's at like what if he's the starting quarterback for the bears and he's got marvin harrison jr and dj moore as two wide receivers going in next year he might be qb4 yeah, without the, even playing a game the thing that's so frustrating is like how much is he being held back by his coaching staff and, right. and because this is two years in a row now where well three years really because his first season, the coaching staff was a disaster and they didn't use him right hardly at all. 
Last season early on, they weren't using him as a designed runner. This year early on, they weren't using him as much as a designer. And it's just, I, I, I don't understand why it's taken each of the past two seasons a month for them to figure out what is plainly obvious about Justin Fields, which is that he's maybe the most dynamic runner at the quarterback position we've ever seen. Yeah. And that should be the focus of your team. And they did a good job getting him DJ Moore, and that's been a great fit because DJ Moore is a terrific downfield catcher, but he's also great with the ball in his hands. And that's been such a good fit for Justin Fields. And I hope that we don't, wherever he's playing next year, I hope we don't have this weird September hiccup like we've had each of the last two seasons because he should be a top five fantasy quarterback at all times, even if he's not a good real life quarterback. There's no reason why Justin Fields shouldn't be running the ball 10 times a game. So the top eight, we've got Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, C.J. Stroud, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, and Brock Purdy. We're going to go to number 13, Chris, and you can put these, maybe 14 even. That's where I the, think 14, the real yeah. drop-off is. Um, I've got it Kyler Murray, then Trevor Lawrence, then Anthony Richardson, then Burrow, Tua, Dak. It, it, put those guys in any order you want. Is, am I egregiously too high or too low on any of those six guys? I think you're too high on a guy that nobody has ever con, uh, accused you of being too high on. That's Trevor Lawrence. I don't okay. think Trevor Lawrence belongs in the top ten. I, I would rather have Joe Burrow than Trevor Lawrence. We've seen the elite production from, from Joe Burrow that we're hoping for from Trevor Lawrence. I know Joe Burrow's a couple of years older, but the difference between 23 and 26 – that doesn't really rate for me when it comes to uh, dynasty purposes at the quarterback position. And I guess Joe Burrow has suffered two significant season ending injuries in four seasons in the NFL. And that's a little concerning, but like we've had no flare ups from the knee since his rookie season, the wrist that feels like a freak injury. He landed. Yeah, I agree. Um, So I'm not holding that against him. I'd rather have him than Trevor Lawrence for sure. do, Do you think, I think the thing that he might get penalized for is the fact that he's played with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Mm -hmm. And we don't think he's probably going to have both Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. He's we've not really seen him yet on a team like we're seeing with Mahomes, where the $50 million cap hit is starting to influence the guys who you're playing with. Mm -hmm. And so that that's that would be my only thing is and you said the 23, 26, I think those those are week one numbers, so it's probably 24, 27 now. That, sure. that probably shouldn't matter too much. Um, although I think it's easier to believe that Lawrence has room to grow than it is Burrow at those two ages. But you're right. We've we've given that excuse to Trevor Lawrence a lot. I, I agree with you. I'm gonna drop Trevor Lawrence behind Joe Burrow. And like I, I I'm not sure there should really be a gap between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow either. And and I was saying that in the opposite direction coming into the season when Joe Burrow was going, you know, five rounds ahead of Justin or uh, Justin Herbert in redraft. So like I like you, you said it, I, I think after Jackson, it's wide open. Like even right. you can go up to six down to 14. And if, you wanted to make a case for Dak Prescott ahead of Justin Herbert. I think there's a reasonable case to be made based on how Dak Prescott's playing right now. You know, there there were a lot of jokes about Mike McCarthy and this Cowboys offense, and, and they looked pretty funny after the first month and a half of the season. But 
since the bye week, they've been one of the most pass-heavy teams. They've been one of the most aggressive downfield teams. Dak Prescott is operating at an incredibly high level in that Cowboys offense. He's making throws to every part of the field. He's got C.D. Lamb locked in long-term. I just, I don't, he's 30 is the case against Dak Prescott, but right. You know, when you look at the aging curve of other quarterbacks, especially other elite quarterbacks, he's probably still got five or six really good years left. So I, I think you can absolutely make a case for, for Dak Prescott being as high as, you know, eight or nine. Let's shift this conversation just a little bit and look at the next three weeks. Cause I know even in Dynasty, like this time of year, the next three weeks matter more than anything else. And I want to kind of think of this from a, who can you trust? Who are you not even considering who they're facing? Who are you mm-hmm. just, you're, they are in your starting lineup. We're going to do it first from a one quarterback perspective. And I'm just going to list off for you all the guys. I'll, I'll go down the list. You stop me if you would not trust somebody. These guys, I all have projected for right around 20 fantasy points or better in the fantasy playoffs. Some of these numbers are wonky. If you're looking at the sheet, Chris, don't worry about that. So Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yeah, I, th- I can't see myself sitting Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I, I agree. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Brock Purdy to a tongue of Again, I, I'm kind of a dance with who you came to the dance with okay. kind of guy. So I, I'm probably still starting him. But if Tyreek's not playing this week, that definitely changes. And I would rather start Matthew Stafford. So we have we have no idea on Justin Herbert's health. We'll leave him off the list. Russell Wilson. Uh, the pass volume is so low there. I can't put him in that conversation. Jared Goff. All of his games are indoors. I think I'm probably okay with him. Trevor Lawrence. Like, no. No. Kyler Murray. I've got one league where I've got Kyler Murray and Jared Goff as my two quarterbacks, and I'm probably going to start Jared Goff this week. I think I'm probably going to start Jared Goff the rest of the way. Yeah. So Goff closer on the so and that and that's there's not anybody else in a one quarterback league that you would say you you definitely feel good about starting every week. You're not really worried about their matchups, right? Uh, you didn't mention Purdy. I did. Purdy was in the first half of the list. Yeah. Purdy and Fields. Okay, they, they were right next um, to each other. So, yeah, I, I guess I wasn't listening. Uh, I you could maybe throw Matthew Stafford in there. Okay, he's playing at a really high level. I've really enjoyed watching Matthew Stafford play for most of this season, and I'm glad that it's starting to reflect in his fantasy production. His touchdown rate is actually still slightly below his career average, but it was way below early on. Um, and just the matchups: Washington, New Orleans, New York Giants. I, I could see Matthew Stafford just being someone I set in my lineup in week 15 and, and roll with the rest of the way. And now let's move to a two QB discussion. I think most of these guys, but not all of them, will definitely count. And I, I didn't mention C.J. Stroud. I, I'm not right now expecting he's going to play this week. But after that, C.J. Stroud's obviously mm-hmm. in the group as well. Uh, moving on to the Superflex conversation. Sam Howell, Jordan Love... Baker Mayfield, all, all must starts, right? Yes. Um, Geno Smith. If he plays, uh, you're probably starting him. Um, Gardner Minshew? No. Bryce Young? 
No. Will Levis. I, I, I think I'd start Joe Flacco, maybe Jake Browning above both those guys. Okay. So we've got about 12 one quarterback league guys that we're comfortable with and about six more <laughs> that are that are definitely starts in super flex and then you're scraping the bottom of the well, barrel. And, and you start to think about how many quarterbacks have been injured, how many quarterbacks have been benched. You're already at half the league that have either, I, I think half the league now has either, their week one quarterback has either been on PUP, Kyler Murray, been on IR at some point or missed three games because I think Justin Fields missed three or four. Um or gotten benched. We're at at least half the league. So, like, yeah, it makes sense that there's only, like, 18 quarterbacks you actually feel decent about right now because the bottom of the rankings are, like, we've got to project Drew Locke to start well, this week. Drew Locke's One guy terrible. I didn't mention because I'm always lower on him than everybody else, Derek Carr. Um, Man, I I don't understand the Derek Carr thing. I Like, I, I like... Maybe he just thinks that if he doesn't start a game for the Saints, he's never starting in the NFL again. But, like, take a week off, man. They're, like, duct taping his limbs back together every week. Every week, it's like, there's no way Derek Carr is going to play. And then he goes out there and he plays terribly. And the Saints offense looks like trash. And it's like, let him take a week off. Why are we doing this? I don't understand. I No, I can't trust... The guy who's left three different games with shoulder injuries has had two concussions in the last month and has a rib injury. I, I, I there trust is not the word I would use for Derek Carr, even in a two QB league. You might start him every game the rest of the way, but the the chances of him leaving after a bad hit in the second quarter in any given game are higher than probably any other quarterback right now. So I I, I would agree with that, and I appreciate all you guys who maybe are not playing this week or in the playoffs, but still listening to the Dynasty podcast because that's the best thing about Dynasty is it's relevant all year round. So let's talk about the quarterbacks who we are confident are starting week <laughs> one of the 2024 season. And I think that probably this first list of guys, 10 of 10, it's the same guys we, we were just talking about, like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, C.J. Stroud, Dak Prescott, Tua Tunga-Vailoa, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, those are our 10 of 10s, right? Like, those guys are all starting. I mean, yeah, and there are there are a handful of others. Okay, so also, that, we're going to get to those, yeah. and we'll see if... Um, Kyler Murray. Yes, somewhere. Somewhere. S- more or less confident in that than Justin Fields? More. More. So Murray's a, a 10... Fields is a 10 or a nine and a half? Nine. Nine. Okay. Russell Wilson. Uh, they can't get out of that contract this offseason. There's season, been can some they? speculation that they can by just ruining the next year and a half. Yeah. But uh, I don't think you trade picks for Sean Payton to do that. So we're going with a 10? I, I'm going to say a 10. 10. Um, Derek Carr. It's five. 50 50 I think I think it's I think he's at the Andy Dalton three years ago point yeah yeah well, that's you know that's my favorite comparison Jordan Love 10 10 good yeah because he's under contract for next year right yeah Bryce Young nine they don't have their first round pick yeah so they really it would be almost impossible to replace them yeah um 
So I, I, I think I'd go 10 on him. This is an interesting one. Uh, wait, I'm, I didn't say this one yet. Jared Goss at 10, right? Yes. Will Levis. I'd say seven. I, I have no idea what direction the Titans are going to go in. Uh, there's been like if Bill Belichick leaves, does um, blanking on the Titans, Mike, uh, Mike Vrabel, does he go okay. to New England? Like I, I was just like cycling through mid 2000s Patriots linebackers trying to find the right one there. Um, I, w- I would say seven. I'm going to go eight. I think that win last night gave, gives them a little bit more hope and a little yeah. bit worse draft pick. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, I'll, go, I'll go eight on him. We've got Kirk Cousins. He's starting somewhere. Ten. Ten. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's a 5% chance he retires, but I'm going to say ten. So Aaron Rodgers. Ten. Ten. Okay. Those guys are, those guys are definitely starting. Sam Howell. You know, three weeks ago, it sounded like a 10, uh, and then he's had like his worst three weeks of the season. I'll still say like an eight. I think he's been feisty enough, but yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a six. I've got a theory on the commanders, and I don't know if it makes any sense or not. Um, there's been a little bit of smoke around the Bears and interest in Eric Bieniemy. Um, my theory is that a month ago, the commanders were ready to move on and they were going to name Eric Bieniemy the interim coach to give him his first shot. And Bieniemy mm-hmm. looked at the remaining schedule and the fact they just traded two of their best <laughs> defensive players and said no, thank you. Because I think if Bien- Ron Rivera is not going to be back next year, no. If Bieniemy's the head coach, and they just make that elevation, then I think Sam Howell is probably going to be the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. If Bieniemy's gone and Ron Rivera's gone, and you got a whole new organization coming in, and you have yeah. a top ten pick. I think it's probably like five and a half. Yeah. So it's um, it, it, it really no sure thing with Sam Howell. What about Baker Mayfield? Six. I think he's probably done enough to start somewhere. Anthony Richardson's a 10. 10. Yeah. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> the the sunk cost <laughs> fallacy is really at play. I, I'd say it's a 10. I, I just... I don't see how Cleveland can go away. There's way too much guaranteed money there. Nobody's going to take that on. Tommy DeVito. One. I mean, I guess Daniel Jones may not be ready, but like... Daniel Jones, I will be ready. Yeah. Well, the timetables, we've seen, you know, nine-month recoveries for quarterbacks, and Daniel Jones has to be worried about his long-term future right now. Um I don't think Tommy DeVito is even better than Daniel Jones. And I say that as someone who's a Daniel Jones skeptic, I would say a three for Tommy DeVito. Okay. Um, so similar for Daniel Jones, like a 50, 50 shot. If he's ready, he plays. If he's not, he doesn't. We yeah. just don't know the health wise. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gino Smith. I'll say seven. Cause I would guess there's still a decent amount of guaranteed money there, but there are starting to be some, Maybe we need to move on from Pete Carroll vibes. So those have been around for for a few years now. Kenny Pickett. I'm worried. I'm legitimately worried that the Steelers are going to convince themselves that it was just, oh, if only Kenny Pickett didn't hurt, get hurt, we would have made the playoffs and been a. So I'm going to say like a six. I, I think it should be a zero. But I, I think there's a decent chance the Steelers convince themselves 
to give him another chance. And did I say Desmond Ritter? You did not. Um, three. Okay. Maybe that's wishful thinking that the Falcons actually try to upgrade the quarterback position because it was so, it's there's been a, a handful of these situations. Garrett Wilson being the obvious one, but I think Drake London's right there where like if you bet on those guys in your drafts this year or, you know, trading for them because they, you know, we were hoping that their quarterback position would be better and you watch them play. I don't think you can come to any conclusion other than you were right. You were right to make that bet. And it's just that Aaron Rodgers tore his ACL four plays into the season. Right. If, I think if the Jets had competent quarterback play, it's it's so frustrating watching these like nine catch, 98 yard games from Garrett Wilson, which are objectively good games. Right. But then you see CD Lamb having like 12 catches, 160 yards and two touchdowns. And you're like, that should be Garrett Wilson. And, and, and Drake London, I don't think is as good as Garrett Wilson. I don't think the... The situation was ever going to be that good, but like that's another one where if you bet on the talent at some point, I believe you're going to be right. And I hope the Falcons actually try to upgrade the quarterback position this offseason after just punting last year, after releasing a statement saying they weren't going to try to sign Lamar Jackson, which yeah. is still one of the dumbest things I've ever seen a team do in the offseason. So, yeah, I. I'm going to say You're three going three. I'm going, I think it's a complete 50-50. It's a five. That's, uh, could see Arthur Smith, good. and we're going to run it back. I mean, probably going to lose by like six in the first <laughs> round of the playoffs, and we're right there, R- really close. We build on this next year. Be re- don't, be a- put, don't put that evil in the world. <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a short break. We'll get to the deep waiver wire, and then we will get to at least a couple of your playoff questions, hopefully more. The deep waiver wire is not bad this week, Chris. It's a lot of guys that we've talked about and that probably should be rostered in all Dynasty Leagues, but definitely aren't because they're rostered in less than 10% of CBS Leagues. Let's start at the quarterback position. Bailey Zappi coming off a three-touchdown performance is rostered in 7% of leagues. He's just a, in my opinion, desperation super flex band-aid that I'd really rather not. I might even start some running backs and wide receivers over him this week. But Nick Mullins, I think, might be the prize at 2%. Mm -hmm. Kevin O'Connell has not yet announced a starter, but I can't imagine after an entire bye week of considering benching Joshua Dobbs and then benching Joshua Dobbs in the middle of a game that you're not going to start Nick Mullins. We're expecting Justin Jefferson to be back, or they're at least hopeful that he will be back. Is Nick Mullins like someone who could actually be a super flex difference maker in the fantasy playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at my my rankings for week 15, and there are 12 guys at the bottom of my rankings who I would rather not think about. Mm-hmm. I would rather they just didn't exist, and I didn't have to rank them. And like, yeah, Nick Mullins could be better than Drew Locke or Davis Mills or Aiden O'Connell or Desmond Ritter or Zach Wilson or Easton Stick or Nick Mullins or Nick Mullins is the guy we're talking about (laughs) or Will Levis or Bryce Young or Mitchell Trubisky or Tommy DeVito or Bailey. There's a lot of bad quarterbacks starting in week 15. And I I do just want to point out my most heartbreaking loss of week 15. It didn't actually matter uh, for the standings. I'm pretty sure I made the playoffs in that league anyway, unless we have some weird scoring format. But I did lose to producer Thomas Schaefer in our Superflex League. And if I had started Bailey Zappi instead of Tommy DeVito, I would have won. And that's just dumb. That's yeah. a dumb thing to think about. So 
just wanted to throw that out. Shouts to shouts to Schaefer for for making getting the win there. I do have Nick Mullins uh, ranked as a uh, top twenty quarterback as of right now for Week Fifteen. So I think in Superflex he's definitely a starter at running back. We've got three guys: Jordan Mason, eight percent rostered, scored his fourth touchdown of the season. <laughs> In their most recent game, the reason why Elijah Mitchell has once again got a balky knee. And I just think that anybody who might be the starting running back for the 49ers in the fantasy playoffs should be rostered everywhere. So if Jordan, if Christian McCaffrey went down and McCaffrey wasn't and Mitchell wasn't available, Jordan Mason would be a top 15 running back, most likely definitely a top 20 running back. He doesn't catch passes, but he doesn't off on the ground. It doesn't matter. Zamir White, 5% rostered. We don't have updated news on Josh Jacobs, I don't no. believe. And then Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller actually, I believe, touched the ball more than Joshua Kelly in their mm-hmm. most recent game. The uh, the extended sharing impacted Kelly more than it did Eckler. So we've got Mason, White, and Spiller. White's the clear top choice here, right? If you need someone for Week 15, I think he has to be. But my expectations yeah. are not particularly high for Samir White. I'm not sure he's in my top 36 for uh, week 15 right now, even with a good matchup against the Chargers, even with Josh Jacobs out. I The problem is he's probably not going to catch any passes. This offense has really not been very good for running backs since Josh McDaniels took or uh, got fired. It went from being one of the best offenses for right. RB production overall. But the one thing about Josh McDaniels offense, and this is going back, I mean, 20 years now, basically, is they throw to their running backs on first and second down at a rate higher than basically any team in the NFL. And that was the only time Josh Jacobs was catching passes. He he played like, I want to say he's played like fewer than 100 third down snaps since the start of last season. He, he just doesn't play third down. And so there's been a significant drop off in Josh Jacobs production where he's averaging, I think, 14.2 PPR points per game since Josh McDaniels got fired on 20 carries. That's a that's a pretty inefficient number. I have to imagine Zamir White is a worse player than Josh Jacobs, probably a yeah. significantly worse player. Yeah. Agreed. So my expectations for Zamir White are like 12 to 14 carries and maybe eight to nine PPR points. Counterpoint, he is facing the Chargers. Right. So, no, that's that's a good point. Yeah. And Thursday night football, maybe they give him a little bit of the Zeke Elliott treatment and just, you know, run him a ton. But I I'm considering ranking Amir Abdullah ahead of him. Yeah, I've, I think in my project, full PPR projections, Abdullah came out that way. Now, if Easton Stick is starting for the Chargers, which he is, mm-hmm. I, I think you probably tilt the game stri- script in the Raiders' favor. So I'm not sure how many passes there are for Abdullah either. But he's someone who you could also add in a deeper yeah. league as a flex. Mason's the guy, if you're looking for a stash, that is, has has the most upside for sure. I've got four wide receivers. Again, guys who, who probably were rostered at some point this season may have been dropped. Parker Washington, 9% rostered. Wandale Robinson, 9% rostered. Dontavious Wicks, Dontavian Wicks, 5% rostered. We've got Jaden Reed, I believe, was checked out for a concussion last night or not. We've not got an update on him. Christian Watson, who knows if he's going to be back. Wicks could be their number two wide receiver. And then John Mechie. 4% rostered, but saw really increased involvement with both Tank Dell and Nico Collins out. If we get C.J. Stroud back and mm-hmm. Nico Collins out, Mechie could be a really interesting guy. Yeah, I mean, not not someone that you'd be able to rank, I think, even inside of the top 40, just because we haven't right. seen that kind of production from him. But 
look, I, I had a league where I was fighting for a playoff spot and I had to start Xavier Gibson last mm-hmm. week. And I actually got a touchdown out of him and like eight points. And like, that's what you're, you're hoping for eight to 10 points from John Mechie, but it's perfectly reasonable that he could do that if given the opportunity and CJ Stroud plays, obviously. Um, I think just in, in a vacuum, Wondell Robinson is probably my favorite here where, yep. you know, he didn't really do much for most of last night's game. I think he had what, two or three catches on the final drive, like 40 yards. Um, but you know, Early round pick. I think he was a day two pick for the Giants uh, uh, last year. Tore his ACL last year, but was starting to show some signs before the injury. Could just be a situation where he's getting healthy and, you know, has an actual role in that offense that desperately has needed pass catching. So I I think it was six catches for 79 yards yesterday. I, I, I think he's the clear top option if he's available. Yeah, Robinson's the top option. Both Walker or both Washington and Wicks, I think, are fine deep flexes this week as well. Mechie's more speculative until we see that mm-hmm. Collins is out and Stroud is back. There's one tight end. It's Tucker Craft. You probably, I probably need both Jaden Reed and Christian Watson to be out to move him any higher than like top twenty at tight end. Mm-hmm. But with Luke Musgrave on IR, with Jordan Love probably throwing 35 passes. Kraft has done a couple of things that make him a little bit exciting. At the very least, I'd like to have him on a bench. We're going to take, we don't have to take one more break. I already took two breaks, Chris. So we've got, uh, you get 10 more minutes to answer some, some listener playoff questions here. Absolutely. Let's do it. So we did have a question about Joe Flacco heading back to the practice squad following his win. This, I believe the way it was explained on Twitter is that this this was something they were willing to expose Flacco to waivers one more week. It's a it's a procedural maneuver because Flacco told them that he wants to stay there and he wants to start for them next week. So he's not if somebody else comes and offers him a job that's not on the practice squad, he's not going to take it. I think he's pretty much confirmed the starter, right? I I think they they said that explicitly. Yes. Yeah. We've got a we got a week fifteen start sit question. Sure, it's the playoffs. We don't normally do that on the Dynasty Show, but Juice asks Dalton Kincaid, Dallas Goddard, or Cole Komet this week. Hmm. <laughs> I do have Cole Komet ranked highest. Obviously, the matchup against the Browns isn't great, but I'm real worried about Kincaid and what we saw in week fourteen with Dawson Knox back. It was back to I think Kincaid had. His lowest air, it was second lowest air yard since his week seven breakout, I think was what it came out to be. It was like 4.75 average depth of target, which that's not way outside of the norm for him, but it's been like six to seven yards when Dawson Knox was out. And he actually only had, I think, eight targets total. Two of them were 10 yards or longer past the line of scrimmage. If you take those two out, I think he had seven air yards on his other six remaining targets. So it's right back to where it was early on with Dalton Kincaid. And, you know, there might be enough PPR volume to make him a viable starter, but I think he's back squarely in the the low-end tight end one discussion. Uh, Somebody asking about Davis Allen at tight end. Definitely somebody to stash. We don't think Higby's got a long-term absence, though, right? Like I think we'd expect Higby to probably be back this week. Yeah, from what it sounded like, he was pushing to play. I don't know if he – he wasn't in the concussion protocol. It was a neck injury. Um and yeah, Davis Allen, middling prospect, doesn't have a, a huge athletic profile, so not someone that I, I think would uh, would have much of a chance, especially like Higby just signed an extension, right? Like yeah. three weeks ago, so. Am I crazy for starting Joe Flacco over Tua in Superflex if Tyreek is out? 
I don't know if I'm going to move Tua that far down. <laughs> uh, I've got Flacco at 20 at QB. I don't right. think I'm going to move Tua that far down, but based on the way that offense looked last night with Tyreek Hill out, I think we're going to get a lot of rushing. And, it you know, Joe Flacco might throw 15 to 20 more passes than Tua this week, especially if the Jets' offense doesn't show up. So These are the types of decisions that will actually cost me sleep in week 15. Dak versus Lamar. Either one of these guys could be like the week-winning QB1 with 50 fantasy points. Dak in a shootout against Josh Allen and the Bills. Lamar facing a Jacksonville defense that's given up 65 points over the last two weeks to Joe Flacco and Jake Browning. Who are you going with between these two, Chris, and why can't we just start them both? These are the type of decisions that I never actually want to make in the playoffs. Like It's always great to have as many good players as you can. But as the playoffs get closer, and I know it's hard to make trades, but as the playoffs get closer, I want as few decisions as possible. I want as many, like, you've got two top four quarterbacks there, and I've got Lamar Jackson third and Dak Prescott fourth this week. So I... I'll start Lamar Jackson ahead of him, but it will take zero cajoling to talk me into Dak Prescott. I, I, like, I don't need to be talked into him. So this is not crazy at all. Thinking about starting Stafford over two of this week, I am starting ta- Stafford yep, over two I've of this got, week. I've got it ranked that way. We've got a, a couple of trades here that we can try to try to grade. We've got a half PPR super flex. He got a 2024 first and Justin Fields. For Kyler Murray, James Cook, Brandon Cooks, a third and a fourth. Huh. That's it's a lot. Yeah, I, I think I'd rather be on the fields and a first side. Um, Probably, but, especially I'm assuming since you're making this trade that you're not yeah. contending. And I don't like carrying running backs, especially like James Cook over the offseason. So I, I might have, I think Fields and Murray, you could call pretty close to a wash. Um, and so, yeah, I think I, I, I'm not going to care about Brandon Cooks next year or yeah. a third or a fourth. I, I'll take the first. I, I think that's a a solid B. We've got one more trade here that I saw. Traded Mahomes and Jaden Reed for two firsts, a second, and George Pickens hmm. in a one quarterback league. Love it. In yeah, a one quarterback th- league, I love it. Yeah, I think Reed and Pickens, whatever. So a f- two firsts and a second for Patrick Mahomes, that, that feels good. And uh, somebody says Chase Brown time. He's been pretty good so far. He's, he's going to be a, a starting running back next year? I don't know. The Bengals have been. Well, so Mixon, I think, only has this year, right? That was the way the contract was structured. They can get out for free after this year. So I think he's got a decent chance, but he would, I think he would probably have to show even more than he has for them to feel confident going into next season with him as their starting quarterback or starting running back, given this is a contender. So they want as few question marks as they can, and they might have question marks at wide receiver. We've got a question mark. About DeAndre Swift, who's, I don't know, been in a little bit of a slump, I guess you might say. How do you feel about Swift in the fantasy playoffs? He does get to face the New York Giants in week 16, I believe. So it's Seahawks this week, Giants week 16, Cardinals week 17. I feel pretty great about DeAndre Swift. Yeah, not an RB1, but probably in the RB15 range. Although I do have him 12th for this week, so there you go. 
Drake London or Deontay Johnson? <laughs> Drake London had one catch for eight yards, I think, before last week, if I'm remembering correctly. He's, so, he's a little bit up and down. Deontay but, Johnson's playing with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, like Deontay Johnson's been less up and down, but, you know, I think you'd probably rather chase the higher ceiling. So, yeah, I, I have, I'm pretty sure I have Drake London ranked ahead of uh, Deontay Johnson this week. Yeah, I do. Um, what about Daniel Jones versus Tommy, Danny DeVito? That's a good question. I get somebody say Daniel Jones is not better than DeVito, Chris. Agree or disagree? I think Daniel Jones is probably better than Tommy DeVito, but I, that is a question that I don't really care for. I don't, I don't really want to spend, I, you know, you, you've only got a finite number of brain cells and they're constantly, uh, you know, you're losing them constantly to attrition. I don't want to waste any of them thinking about Daniel Jones versus Tommy DeVito. I, I yeah, I mean, I would if 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 Dan or Adam was right. Yeah, show. like if I get to troll Dan about it, but right. other than that. So I think this is a good question. You got no Justin Herbert. You got Kyler facing the 49ers. Pretty terrible matchup. Would you start Kyler or would you start Will Levis, Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson, or Desmond Ritter? I'm still going with Kyler. I have Baker ahead of Kyler in my projections. I will probably have Kyler ahead of Baker in my rankings. I believe that even in some years in which the Cardinals have been bad and the 49ers have been the best defense in the NFL, which is most of Kyler's career, he's had some pretty fan. Like He's the type of guy who can have a great, great, great performance against a great defense. Uh, yeah. One more. A-Chan, Gibbs or Brees Hall in non-PPR, Chris? Rank him. It becomes much, much more difficult in non-PPR because all three of them are much better in PPR. I would think, let me see. I have Jameer Gibbs ranked highest of this group in non-PPR. Uh, I think his chance of scoring a touchdown in any given week are probably higher. Maybe not that much higher than A-Chan's given the way the Dolphins use him, but A-Chan might get 12 touches. Gibbs probably is going to get 15 to 16, so I'll, I'll go Gibbs. Yeah, I got it. Too. Hall, Gibbs, Achan. I will in the projections. I'll probably move Hall behind Gibbs. He's somebody who I and I don't know how you view this, Chris. Maybe a good thing mm -hmm. to finish on with Brees Hall. That the inefficiency's been so bad for like two months now, but the efficiency was so good at the beginning of the year that his season long efficiency looks fine, and for his career, he still looks elite. Do you project him as a, a three, three and a half yard per carry guy now because it's been that way for a couple of months? Uh, I rarely project anyone for three yards per carry. I, I've got him at four yards per carry, which is below what his season is. But obviously, I mean, yeah, his success rate is 35%, which is just outrageously right. low. Um, but I, I think Brees Hall is someone I feel a lot more confident in PPR scoring because he's had you know, I think it's 19 targets over the past three games or something yeah. like the, the, the workload there has been very strong and he's making more plays in the passing game, which makes sense. He's, you know, the, the criticisms that, that Robert Sala had of him are fair, but they're a little less worrisome in the passing game where you're trying to break the big plays more often. So I, I think he's a top 10 running back for me in, in full PPR. He's top 15 in non 
Yeah, I'm planning on starting all three of those guys where I have them. So yes. uh, it's a good problem to have, except that one of them is probably going to score 20 on your bench. Chris, thank you for being here today. Thank you again for the number one seed in our Dynasty League. I'm looking forward to watching you guys fight for the right to face me in week 16. Thank you for everybody who played along with us here on YouTube, listening on the podcast. We will talk to you next Tuesday.